2: This is the besotted pride of West London podcast and we're coming to you as we look forward to a game against the Wolves and we look back at last weekend where um and it's a really bad pun and I've made this up on the cuff as it is the bees got mauled down at Aston Villa last weekend and I shouldn't really be laughing but it's just one of those things if you if you don't laugh you're gonna cry really but uh, we're going to try and wipe that from our memory banks and look forward to the weekend which hopefully will be positive my name is Billy Grant Billy the B and I'm here
3: in the virtual joint with my man Dave Lane. Laney, how are you? I'm good, mate. Yeah, we've battled against a few uh, technical issues this week, so yeah, sorry it's a bit late, but um yeah, we we'll, we got there and we uh, we we fought we fought against the the uh, the devils and the gremlins and uh, we got a podcast out.
2: That's right, that's right. Talk about that in a little bit. We we'll said to myself and Laney, we're going to look forward to the visit of Wolves to West London on Saturday. Uh, As well as looking to the nightmare 90 minutes in West West Midlands last weekend when Villa certainly waved goodbye to Steve Gerrard in style. We've got JB and he's serving up some more facts and funk. And also we've got John from the Wolfpack who gives us the lowdown on what's going to be a tough start to the campaign at Molyneux. But just talking about the Gremlins, we have to apologise because this podcast is late. You're thinking it's getting later and later every week. Uh, We talked, I think it was last week, about the fact that when we got smashed at Newcastle, was it a couple of weeks ago, we got smashed at Newcastle and I was saying how literally everything seemed to go wrong at the same time. It went wrong on the pitch and in my house had the fridge had gone and the car had gone and the washing machine and the dryer and all that lost stuff had gone and uh, it was a nightmare. But I've replaced all those things now so I've got a new fridge, I've got a new washing machine, I've got a new dryer. cars getting fixed it's all good and then we get smashed up at at, at Aston Villa and then what comes comes we come to record our podcast Laney and then my computer literally just wouldn't turn on just broke and and do you think it's a sign that every time Brentford get beaten like you know something catastrophic goes wrong in one of our lives yes
3: I think it's all linked to something that is it's a kind of a dark cloud that hangs over your house And Griffin Park, uh, a new Griffin Park, when when things go wrong, it's a conduit and it it busts stuff in your house. Yeah, it's clearly that's the case. Um, I'm just wondering whether
2: or not it is basically maybe a result of us actually not yet forming the Supreme Committee that we said we were going to do. And they're saying, hold on a second here, you're taking the pee out of us because you said the Supreme Committee will be able to control all these things. But if we haven't formed it, they want to sort of show to us actually that things cannot go as we plan.
3: Yeah, maybe, maybe that as well. Maybe you just don't look after your technic- your equipment very well, <laughs> uh, lady. You always bring it back
2: down to earth. <laughs> anyway, listen, we're going to be going and uh, unfortunately looking back to last weekend uh, where we had a trip to Villa, which was quite a good trip, other than the ninety minutes where we didn't manage to kick the football out of football. I'm going to get myself a little cup of tea because it's rather early in the morning now, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Villa Aston Villa we went there with high hopes it's got to be said but high hopes we um, well we didn't hope well I mean I don't know I mean more had Bob, Bob Hope more likely was on the pitch than, than high hope Like you know what I'm saying because it was, uh, it, was uh, it was horrendous it was one of those games where it wasn't actually like Newcastle this was very different to Newcastle. because Newcastle, we made a number of mistakes and we played well in you know, certain parts. And to be quite honest with you, we could have been ahead at Newcastle. We did really well. Whereas Aston Villa, it was like the reverse of the Man United game where we were at Man United from day one. We went bang, bang, bang. Aston Villa did exactly the same thing to us and we literally didn't recover wasn't it Laney
3: Yeah, it was it was awful. Um, you're right. At Newcastle we were kind of to blame for our um, you know for our downfall at, at Aston Villa. It was literally they they came out like a you know like a you know just like a banshee and they 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 proved what a good team they are. You know, it showed that Steve Gerrard had them on shackles and they weren't enjoying it. But they came out and they expressed themselves. You know, we were in the pub when the teams came out, and I looked at the Villa team and I thought, oh my God, you know, <laughs> that's some that's some that's some squad they've got there. That 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 team is is way better than where they are in the league. And they went out and they proved it, which was unfortunate because it was against us. So uh, yeah, they got Newcastle on the weekend, so that'd be an interesting one just to see how they, uh, you know. The new villa compares with uh, the new castle that beat us. I mean just just coming back to the villa game and we're gonna to go to the fans in a little bit
2: because I think it's really interesting to hear what the fans say. Both the both both the Brentford fans and the villa fans, because you know both of them had really good opinions, but I'm just you've got to ask a question when, when you get a game like this, Laney, exactly where did it go wrong? Was it the formation? Was it well, there's a number of excuses that have been cited around the place? Was it the formation? Was it the fact that we had played a number of games in a sh- relatively short space of time? So, say, for example, we played very well against Chelsea, and a few days later you play um, you play Aston Villa, and some people say maybe we're not able as a squad to actually maintain that kind of intensity over a number of games, or is it we were just rubbish?
3: A uh, bit of all of that, of course. Um, I think we were rubbish. Um, it, was a, it was an awful start to the to the match. You know, the we. Sp- We listened to the players and we listened to to Thomas Frank explain it after the game, and they said they knew that Villa were going to come at them from the start. And you know, how did we start so slowly in that case? I think um, we, unfortunately, Mads Rodslev is going to have to take um, some share in 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 the, the the lack of pace. Down the down the right hand side, uh, it, it they they you know it's not that he's an awful player, but they they picked him out as as a weak link, and that's what he proved to be on the day. Other other matches he hasn't proved that at all, um, so it's not like it's a you know recurring nightmare for him. It was just like you know it didn't work um, on, on, on Sunday. Um, midfield, we just couldn't we couldn't make ball stick. We were passing, th- we were doing what we do when we do things badly. We see the pass. And we we play it whether there's a defender or a midfielder in the way of the pass or not. It was was like a bit man on, wasn't shouted at, I don't think, probably. You know, it it looked like that they were just kind of like playing a computer game. Um, And as I said, they were going to make the pass whether there was someone in their way or not. Obviously, uh, everything went Villa's way, you know, it was a brilliant start, they were two up within six minutes, three up within 13 or 14, you know, the two of them were VAR'd I think, or all three of them went to VAR, but all of them were upheld, not that there was probably much of a doubt, but obviously all goals go to VAR, on another day, you know, you're, you're waiting for the, you know, the, you started singing too soon, so it got better in the second half but they won by 15 minutes so I mean you know we can take small pleasures out of that or small positives out of that um, and they only really scored their one decent attack in the second period and Wally Watkins needed like 10 chances at that as well but without David Rea um, you know that's, that's a much bigger defeat I think and you know it, it does worry you that we are capable of doing that on the flip side you know, we do bounce back and we've got to do that all over again uh, for the Wolves visit, mate. And, and, and ironically, we do that, as you say,
2: you know, it's worrying that we um, have these heavy defeats. We have this heavy defeat a few weeks after Thomas Frank says, you know, I never believed that we were going to lose by five or let in five goals. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like oh no, I never thought we were going to let in four goals. Oh no, I never thought we were going to lose at Villa. So it's all the things that he thought that we weren't going to do, we have done. Is that maybe from, and again, I'm just... Difficult to hear. is there an arrogance thing to turn around and say, oh, Brentford are never going to let in five goals, so you kind of let your guard down and you think that you can do your things, or is it just kind of a little bit of bad luck?
3: No, not, not bad luck, and it's it's not coincidence. You know, there's three players that you can point to immediately that w- would kind of give you more organisation. You know, Ben Mee didn't start, Pontus Janssen didn't start, uh, Christian Norgard didn't start. You know, the, these three players are organizers, they're all captains, uh, they are, they're not a lot of pace at the back with pontus and uh, ben mee admittedly but that's not the point really you know it's positional sense it's the it's the holding the line it's the not letting the crescendo of attacks kind of overwhelm you it's giving giving um, mads Roslev a little bit more i don't know belief I, I don't i don't think it was necessarily a problem with that i just you know it it was just that um, it, 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 it was a, it was a kind of yeah, it was a you know a, a, a problem. So yeah, I, I think you can point to three key players not being around, and you know you could argue that we have got more strength and depth this year. But they are brilliant players, those three. So you know it's it's we'll see what happens. We'll see if who's available. What okay, the we we'll do. We'll do. And just quickly, I mean, we're going to talk to the, we're to listen to what the fans said in a minute. But
2: just I want to just. Tell you a little tail laney as well. Like on Tuesday night I went down to Dulwich Hamlet. First time this season I've been down to the Hamlet, as you a lot of listeners know that I do like going down to the old Dulwich Hamlet because uh, not only the football, but it's got a very good social aspect there as well. And uh, and the fans, you know, that their, their ethos of the whole club and the fans is just properly right up my street. So yeah, I love going down to Dulwich Hamlet seeing some of the old buddies and everything like that. So I was I was there, i just been at the bar and I was standing behind the goal just having a drink, and I walked past these two characters and they went, Oi, it's Billy the Bee! And I'm like, Oh hello mate, how are you doing? and I I say this every time I go to Hamlet I, I meet at least six, seven or eight nine Brentford fans and they start chatting to me. He goes, Hi, oh, what what you doing down here? And I'm like, well, I've been coming here for about nine years, actually. What are you doing down here? But very friendly. And like I said to you, I'm not calling you to dig 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 you out or anything like that, guys. I'm just talking about a conversation that we had because I thought it was a very interesting conversation. A lot younger than myself, as we say. And they say, yeah, we go to Brentford. We live down this. We go to Brentford. And I started chatting to chat them. I said, so I said, you go to um, you go to Villa last week. He goes, ah, oh, no, no, I didn't go to Villa. No, no way. I've oh, got a terrible year. We lost. I said, yeah, it, was, it wasn't a great year. We kicked football out of football though, so we had a right good laugh on the day. Drinks before and drinks before. hey Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never. And I said to him, so uh, you're going to Forest next week? And they went, Forest, nah, what, what do we want to go to Forest for? And I went, Well, because you're Brentford fans. And they went, Nah, no, nah, we're not going to Forest. We even won away. You know, so why would we want to go to Forest? Now, again, I'm not putting it out, guys, but it, it, maybe there's like a slight difference in mentality. And I went, Well, the, so I said, So you're only going to, what, you would have gone to Forest if we went to Villa? Oh, yeah, mate. So, so you're only going go to go to games, away games, if we win? I said, you know, that's kind of not really the mentality because you sort of kind of support your club and the whole idea that you go down to games to get behind your team. And, and also, if you haven't lost for, haven't won for 10 games, sometimes you go to all those games to actually be at the one game that they win because the the, the feeling is so euphoric. But it's, it's quite interesting because I was thinking, is this like a, a real shift in kind of where we're at with Brentford, where, you know, we're thinking that actually we should be winning and if we're not winning... We don't necessarily want to support the team. We don't get behind them. Whereas the old school mentality is that you go and support them through thick and thin. You don't care. And it's not about being old school. It's just about the football mentality. And do you think that maybe the team and everything like that is suffering from something like that, where there is an expectation that Brentford have to be a certain level and if they aren't at that, that level, they don't quite get the same backing.
3: Well, we have like we've had year on year, we've had a decade of, of more than a decade now of, of, of excellent, uh, you know, progress, haven't we? Going going through uh, week after week where you know we win more than we lose, and you know, going going to away games. There's been seasons where we've been better away than we have at home, almost. Uh, especially you know the the last couple in the championship where we were winning away, kind of really. Regularly, so you know. But stepping up to this division, you, you'd expect that people sort of would, would appreciate how difficult getting any win is, let alone you know away wins. Uh, and you know, I don't think her away record is awful. I mean, towards the back end of last season, we picked up a couple more wins. Um, and you know, this season, although we haven't won away, you know, we've they. A you know, really, at Leicester and then at Palace, and you know, Fulham was, you know, a last gasp defeat. Um, You know, it's it's not it's not been it's not been awful, awful. I mean, yes, there has been two fairly big defeats, but you know, you just I just go back to the fact you have to expect it at this level, and you know, if it's, it's part and parcel, you're right of, of supporting your club, um, being a Brentford. You know, we're not we're not a top six club who can go to. Go to Aston Villa or go to Newcastle and just expect not to lose. You know, it's going to be the big, they're going to be big, toughy games. Um, Yeah, it's just, I'm a bit surprised really that people don't sort of acknowledge the, the standard of this in, in the Brem
2: it's going to be difficult for us I mean I was surprised as well and again I'm not calling these guys out and not having a go I'm just saying I'm just reflecting and I'm telling you an experience that I had and I think that maybe again letting people out you know that there's difference in thought processes from different sets of fans out there and this is something I think that we need to be aware of but also maybe you know me telling this guy my experience and thinking actually mate you know maybe if you, <laughs> if you haven't lost one for 15 games then actually keep going because when you have that one when you'll have the best day out ever and I'm hoping Forest is going to be one of the best days out ever in quite a long time but anyway listen talking about fans we're going to go over to Aston Villa on Sunday we're going to talk to the Villa fans and also these fans after the game
0: right from the work go we didn't wake
3: up we fell asleep we were, we were second to everything we gave all the balls away absolutely terrible I think they must have got hangover
4: you can't give the team a pretty little head start mate you know, 3-0 in the first 10 minutes we literally didn't start until about 15 minutes gone by the time this game over and I think it's actually really fucking annoying that you know, Sunday afternoon 2 o'clock, the effort the fans are made to come out here players need really to be switched on for the first minute it's very rare that I, I criticise this team but they can't start when they want on like that and give the team a 3-0 head start I'm actually a bit fucking pissed off it's
0: the defence and the midfield doesn't work to each other And it was like so big horse, and it was like bam, 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 go, bam, 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 go. We didn't do anything like last week against Chelsea. We played quite well. It looks like we lost all the energy there. But I'm not worried. I've got faith in this team. I think uh, we'll just have to bounce back and hopefully we'll get a good win at home next weekend. And that was the most frustrating thing. The central midfield, basic quick passing, just didn't even connect. Um... It was a bad day at the office for us, combined with a new manager uh, bounce, uh, bounce back for them. Fair play to our new little you know, interim manager. It took a lot of guts to leave uh, McGinn out and put Dundonka in. But, whoa, well, I thought I was watching Brazil at one point. Yeah. Complete performance by villa, clean sheet, 4-0, two goals by our main centre forward. A goal for Ali Watkins, it took him three chances to score that goal, but he got it in in the end. It was in there so yeah. I have to say the it's one good thing Brentford didn't show up either there wasn't enough test no. so one thing I was most impressed about is we held one of the best strikers in the country at this moment and didn't really give him too much sight on goal and that for me was the biggest bonus of know, the Villa team today new manager manager's just gone out it was a test for the team are they going to come in are they going to perform where's the energy and they did really well man you can't knock it we had width didn't we yeah we wide strong midfield strong defence with a clean sheet it's the best performance I've seen in a long time, yeah. certainly this season. Six minutes in, two down. That confidence, uh, you could see that running from the whole Villa team. They looked so ready for it. Every ball
3: they were going for it, defending so well. And I think they found our weak spots early on, which I think today, unfortunately, was Maz Roslev. I feel sorry for him because I like the guy, but he just he didn't look to you know he, he didn't look
5: on it today. And they realised early on that that was the side to go down. And I think you know that that really exploited us today.
4: Really missed the organisational skills of Janssen and me today. That, sent, that that defensive unit was so so shambolic early on. You've and Ben Me, big talker. He controls that team, to control them, but he, he guides them. He, he organizes really well, and he really missed that level of organization. That, um, so I don't know if he was injured. I don't know what it was, but we needed him back in that unit. I think ASAP. Settle the guys down. Organize. If he plays today, we're, we're not starting like that.
2: So there you go, fans after the game being quite honest about um, Brentford's performance and everything. Let, let, just let, just quickly, lady, I just want to quickly go through Aston Villa. Right, their strengths created a high number of chances relative to the position, effective at creating goal-scoring opportunities through balls and down the flanks, and opportunities from counter-attacks and from set-pieces, and they were strong at finishing, and they stole the ball from us um, a lot, they had no weaknesses, they attacked down the middle, had a high shot frequency, whereas we were poor at finishing. Uh, we had no. I uh, we stole the ball a lot from the opposition, which was our one strength. But we were poor at finishing and gave them away a lot of free kicks around the box, which was uh, which I think it sums up our game. And again, xG, we uh, like I said to you, we sometimes talk or don't talk about the xG. This is very reflective of what happened in the game. xG for Aston Villa was 3.48, okay, which is nearly four, which basically says that they've probably done as much as they have to. But if you look at the chart, they literally have got one, two, three, four, five, six. Massive bubbles within the 18 yard box, a lot of them close to the six yard box, which means that their probability was probably 40, 50, 55, maybe even 60% chance of scoring. They changed to create loads of massive chances. I wonder if one of those three of those chances was Ollie Watkins's chance actually. I'll have a look at that to see if yeah, that's, actually, a case, that's, actually. A, that's a good you shout. Know. Yeah, look, look that up. 58, what, what, 58 minute, he had a 34% chance, and then uh, 58 minute, he had a 42% chance, and then 59th minute he had a 52% chance so yeah those, those were all his three chances in one which actually helped to put up their XG by 1.5% but that's just the way it goes probably a slight anomaly uh, in, in the way that this is calculated but yes yeah, so that, that gives an idea and we had, we had or two maybe three chances in the box none in front of the goal as such like you know we had uh, you know, a couple of chances but Mbumo on 60 minutes which is a 50% chance pretty much and we had Mbumo again on 35 minutes so a 32% chance and he had one in the middle of the area Ethan Pinnock on 30 minutes, which is a 16% chance of actually being scored or been recorded. So that kind of gives you an idea of kind of where that game was at. It was a one
3: definitely to right off lane, it? Yeah, it was. And it was an afternoon to forget as well for Brian and Bumo. You mentioned the two chances he had. There was the one in the first half where, as you see, you know, it was that one you just highlighted. Um, could have dinked it over the goalkeeper, I thought, and kicked it straight at him. He gets, you know, he got that one on target rather than the second one, which was just a shocking miss. You know, he, he he's he's putting that. You know, you say it's a fifty percent chance, but I mean, you know, it it, it you could yeah, it, it, it was an open goal. And he put he didn't even hit the post. You know, he put it in the side net, and it was it was shocking. And um, you know, he he has he has to improve. I know it's easier said than done, but you know, if he's if he's if he's not setting people up and those he, he, chances come your way you have to finish you know it's, it's, it's just the way he, he's going to get judged I've just going to just quickly just quick
2: because this is actually quite an important question I've noticed that Brian and Boomer which you talked about there have been a few question marks about him because Brian and Boomer people love I love him everyone loves him and he's been Brentford you know in that team for you know a long time and he works his socks off there's an argument to say that, you know, over the last couple of seasons he hasn't delivered to the level that we thought he could have or should have delivered in. Now the question is that, you know, the way that our team are, we don't just we don't hang people out to drive, we go and we support them and support them and support them, support them, and eventually they come through. Do you think that Brian has been over-supported over a time where he still hasn't delivered where he should have done? And is there a time to put a question mark and say, actually, do we need another option here for now?
3: Possibly, you can you, you can argue that. I mean, I, I think we're right to stick with him. I think you know, uh, I think he's off the boil. I think I think that's un, that's undoubted. He, he he wasn't, you know, against Man United. He was he was ruthless, you know. Um, so he's got he's got it in his locker. I, I, I think the World Cup will do him a big favour to to go away. He's obviously going to going to keep fit. He'll be surrounded by a different environment. He'll come back. Um, I think he'll be invigorated, and I think you know he'll vibe off of you know those elite Cameroonian players, and you know I think he'll be inspired. I, I just think he's I think he's, he's either trying too hard, or you know he's just he's on a stinky run of form. We haven't got really anyone to to replace him with, have we? You know on on that right side, you know Canos you know, it's, he's he's back in the frame. Perhaps gives you a little bit of pace, but he certainly doesn't give you the the strength that um, Brian does cutting in um, and the, and that combination. You know that that can scare and does scare Premiership defenses week in week out with Vive and Tony. You know, um, it, it, on the left hand side as well. You know, we've we've you know we we had injuries. Um, it's it's although we've got more options, they haven't always been available this year. So you know, I. I I think you're right to question whether we should rest him but I just don't know who we swap him with with um, without weakening the team yeah he, 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 he struggles to finish um, I'm hoping that he gets on a rich vein soon listen JB he's a man
2: that always picks us up when we're a bit down JB's going to give us some facts and some funk
1: Jonathan Virtual back again. Sunday's defeat sees us still waiting for our first win on the road after six away league games. Season 2018-19 started of course with Dean Smith in charge before he went to Villa Park, with Thomas Frank taking over. That season we went 13 away days before coming away from Rotherham with a 4-2 win. 3-0 down at half time was only previously happened for us once in the Premier League, 51 weeks ago at Burnley. No wonder it hurts seeing back-to-back away league defeats whilst conceding 9 goals, as it's 42 years since we lost 3-1 at Millwall, followed up by a 6-1 defeat at Colchester, as we neared the end of Bill Dodgin's time as manager, although those games had a little less travelling than the recent combined 800 miles. It only happened once during our original top-tier seasons, when in 1938 we lost 4-1 at Blackpool, following a 5-0 defeat, and that's the Villa. In the current Premier League table of just home form, we sit in 6th place. Whilst the away form rankings were in fifteenth, incidentally one above Liverpool, the team in twentieth place in away form are our next visitors, Wolverhampton Wanderers.
2: So there's JB with his facts and his funk. And uh, JB was really not happy with Villa, like he said to you, he keeps you know. He, he actually spent a few days actually sending that information over to us because um, he, he he was just so down after uh, the, the the events of Sunday, like you know what I'm saying. But what he does is he picks himself up and he sounds chirpy as ever. And I now feel chirpy as I'm going in to introduce the little next section, which is talking about Wolverhampton Wanderers, which is a chance for us to get back on track. I'm going to go away, have another cup of tea, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Wolves. So Brentford are hosting Wolverhampton Wanderers on Saturday. Last season, we played two games. We got our first way win at Wolves, and it was a glorious win as well. It was a Sunday afternoon as well in the sunshine. That was good. And then they came to us in January, and it didn't quite go according to plan, and they beat us down there. So it's even Stevens last, weekend, uh, last season. You know, We're in a new season now, and a lot of things have changed for Wolves as well. Um, so what we're going to do Instead of us pontificating and talking nonsense, we're going to find out the real deal from John Harris from Wolfpack Wolves. He's going to give us the lowdown on Wolverhampton Wanderers.
5: Hi guys, it's uh, John from the Wolf Um I'm just going to give you my thoughts on the um, upcom- upcoming game against Brentford. At the moment, it's, it's not a good time to be a Wolves fan. Um, we look all over the place and... Um, that's not just scoring goals. That's defensively as well. Um, it's a shame, really, because um, before our main centre back Collins got um, a red card against Manchester City, we had a really good record for defence, uh, one of the best in the league. And um, even with a back four, which probably most of you know, we've it's quite a new thing for us. We've always played um, three centre backs, um, but we've now uh, moved to playing a four-three-three formation. To try and improve our goal tally which really hasn't worked um but um basically since Collins has come back from his red card he's lost his confidence and because he's lost his confidence his uh center back uh partner kilman has also lost his confidence and the fullbacks are just i don't know if they're injured i don't know if they're unfit they just don't look good enough um to a point where we're back to play um Hugo, a young lad from the under twenty threes as our left back and to be honest he's done really well uh, and he also got the um the assist um two games ago for us um on his first appearance um against Palace. Um so he is a good little player. Um I do feel like our last game against Leicester that we left just too much space in between the midfield and the defence and I think really that's how Brentford are gonna um break us apart and um, if we continue to leave that gap you would think our um, te- technical staff and manager would have obviously noticed that gap because all the fans did and do, and, and do something about it we're playing three midfielders so really they need one of them to drop back as a proper dm so they're that stupid at the moment i'll probably I'll, i wouldn't be surprised if they forget about it and they just leave a massive gap between the midfield and defense and you just go crazy against us and um, I hate playing against Brentford because I just think you're a really physical team and that's something Wolves can't cope with. We play tippy-tappy, shit football. Uh, sorry, I think I broke up there. So basically, yeah, we, we just need to be more aggressive um, when we've got the ball. And um, I, I don't know if it's just because of how many Portuguese players we, we've got and the, the Portuguese flair, they they just seem lightweight. and t- we, we need to be more aggressive. You can see from other teams like yourself... Um, like Bournemouth Um, they're just really like physical sides Um, they don't mess around they get the ball in the box do whatever it takes to get the ball in the back of the net Um, and and, and that's really what we've got to do and and we're not doing it and that's why we've not got any any goals really this season Um, so yeah we've got problems up the pitch and back in defence so it's not looking good um, the only thing I would say is I really hope a new manager comes in and, and turns that around because we've seen it before when when wolves have had a good manager when we had Nuno um we were really um, we just looked so much better defensively we were solid uh, we were scoring goals uh, we had a really good partnership with Jotter and Raul um, and that's kind of like faded away but um I would say there are a few players that you still need to watch out for. Um, our most attacking player is definitely he, he, we just, Whenever he's injured or away from the pitch, we just don't seem to get anywhere with a game. Um, at least when he's on the pitch, he creates things. Um, same with Terore. Terore is really good at getting up the wing. And yeah, I know a lot of people don't like him, um, think he's not got any end product, which is pretty true. Um, he seems to make things happen. He'll take on a few men, he'll go past them, he'll try and get the ball in the box. Um, really, if, as long as, if, if he was in a decent side where he had people on the other end of the, some of the crosses he puts in, um, he'd be getting loads of assists, but Wolves haven't really got those players. Um, Costa, I know a lot of people have been slating him, but Costa has looked quite good for us. He, he's definitely a threat. Um, he, um, he's only really played four games, so I think this will be his fifth game. So And He's been so close to scoring. Like Leicester, he had a really good shot on goal, and um, the defender really didn't know what he was doing. He just put his whole body out and just about managed to stop it with the back of his foot. So, um, you know I mean, he, he should have scored then. He should have scored against Palace. The keeper pulled off a really good save. Um, People saying he's been shit, it's just not true, and I think um, goals are definitely going to come for him. He's definitely something we've been lacking, um, he gets in the right position, and he's just got to get his fitness up, um, so I do feel like he's going to be a good player for us and it's definitely one to watch out for, um, you Brentford fans, because um, you know, he's quite an aggressive physical player um, and I think up against your centre-backs he's the only real threat we're going to have. Um, and I think you've got, as I say, Pones probably um, linking up with him, um, getting the balls to him. As long as you get the balls to his feet, um, you've got a good chance. Um, but yeah, um, I'm not looking forward to it. I do think Brentford will probably win. Um, I just think you're one of those teams, you do so well at home. You've got such a good fan base, you've got such a good um, atmosphere in the stadium. Um, you just seem to get good results home. And... Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie yet, your results haven't been great away from home, but I think there's a lot of teams this season that's been like that. Um, So, yeah, it's definitely a team I've not been looking forward to. Um, And I think Wolves are just, especially with the the loss against Leicester and the loss against Palace, they've just shot for confidence. Um, So, let's see what happens. Hopefully, they change things up and and, and it gets a bit better. Um, Maybe a formation change might might uh, change everything and um, really for me it was the full backs that really let us down against Leicester so if we get two different full backs on maybe Nuri and It will be a completely different game like if any of you saw the Crystal Palace game and um, we looked a lot better we were winning for most of the game and then um, just lost it last minute really well 70th minute they scored and that was it so um, we look a lot look a lot better when we've got um, decent full on so um Let's see what happens, but um, yeah, I, I definitely think Brentford have um, got a good chance of winning this game, um, and I think you deserve it because you're a really good side. You've got a good manager, um, you've got good, um, you've just got good fans, and, and I, I just think you really deserve it. And I just don't think we do because um, our club's in a mess. Our chairman's messed things up a bit, um, so um, yeah, we're in the position we are because we've made mistakes. Um, so for me score prediction I'm going to say I'm going to say 2-0 Brentford um, I'm not saying 4-0 Brentford because I think they're going to make some changes and try and um, try and be a bit more positive and I think for most of us 2-0 probably is positive because we're expecting a really good thrashing um, I just think um, we've got some good players that we got in the summer uh, noon Guedes but they, they just haven't Seem to fit in just yet, and it's always been the same. When we these Portuguese players, a lot of them need a good year to a good season to really get the best out of them. Same with Semedo. Um, same, oh, it took so long to get Podence bedded in. Um, I just think it's because it's so lightweight from the leagues they've come from. Um, they just need building up and strength and physicality. Um, and obviously we've got a massive manager problem at the moment. We've um, we've got the under twenty ones manager that's um, in charge at the moment because Lopetegui, a lot of people are saying Lopetegui turned us down, which is kind of true, but it's not the full story. Um, Lopetegui's, um, Lopetegui's dad is really, really unwell. He's um, 91, critical condition, and basically, he got the phone call to say, do you want to be the Wolves manager at the worst time because his dad's on his deathbed, um, and he didn't apparently say no. Um, those weren't his words, he said it's not good timing because my dad, he said not, I I would like the job but not now, not right now because of what's going on with with my dad so I think there's a potential there that he may be the new manager in the next few weeks Um, and that's why um, Wolves have put a statement out to say that um, the caretaker manager is basically going to be in charge over um, the world cup break um, and i think that's probably likely when you see him in we've only got um, two games after brentford and then it's the world cup so i can understand it the holding out for lopetegui i think he's a manager that can really change our side um so i can understand that and also there's a lot more um, managers that are going to be available um maybe after the world cup maybe managers that uh, want to move on to different things and also um with um, some of the leagues in South America, you've got um, some of the uh, Brazilian um, clubs um, that season's finishing and managers are going to be available. Um, the um, There's a couple of really good managers, um, Gerardo from River Plate, um, I think it's the, the Carthorians, their manager, Portuguese, um, was at Porto. He's um, apparently not going continue, to continue after... Um, after November so he's going to be available so there's a lot more options for us so um, it's maybe not all doom and gloom because I think a manager can really change the side we saw we've got a lot um, a lot of players that we had when we were in Europa uh, now they just need um, we just need a bit more guidance but that's it from me guys um, as I say good luck for the rest of the season and I'm pretty confident you're going to win this um, but um, let's see what happens cheers guys thanks bye bye
2: so there you go, John from Wolfpack Wolves. Thanks for that, John. And uh, like I said to you, Wolves fans coming down in their droves as well. We've got loads of Wolves mates, the London Wolves and all sorts of Wolves blogger. And, you know, just loads of Wolves fans coming down. And like I said, they'll be drinking in the usual places that they drink. So come down and enjoy yourself. Have a good time like we did at Villa last weekend. I had a very good time at Villa before the match and after the match, during the match. It was not so good, but like I said, you really had a great listen. It's a great away day, Villa. It really was. And I had a good drink beforehand, a good drink afterwards, a good drink on the train. Met a lot of good people chatting to them. And I think Wolves will do the same thing. And if they can have a similar day to us, like we had last weekend, <laughs> I'll be very happy about that. The bit in the middle, just give that to us if you can do. Um, just to let you know, Lainey, that's um, Wolverhampton Wanderers, you know, where their strengths are at. Um, now, interestingly. Um, this is according to, to to who scored. They have no significant strengths, but their weaknesses: defending against attacks down the wings, against long shots, defending against through ball attacks, aerial duels. There is all weaknesses they've got, and also very very weak at finishing, scoring chances. They like to attack down the right, take long shots. They possession football, and their opponents normally play aggressively against them. Now, this listen, we don't want to count any chickens at all because obviously, like things haven't gone particularly well. But we have played. Well, over the past few weeks, um, this is a massive opportunity
3: for us to get back on track in it, Lainey? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's let's, as you say, not count any chickens because Wolves will obviously, you know, they're they're, they're a team that's better than their league position as well, probably, and they're they're probably going to get better as well. But you know, if we get the right intensity and we get the right. Coming out of the blocks, <laughs> you know, we don't let them take control of the game from the first minute, and start creating big chances. If we if we can get on that on the front foot and and just. You know, just go for them. Then, yeah, we do stand a chance. You know, but if form is anything to go by, um, they should be worried about coming to our, our our ground because you know we we've got a decent home record. We've got the one defeat against Arsenal, but that was a bit of a weird weird one anyway, with the time and the you know the the atmosphere because of the Queen's death and all that kind of stuff. It was you know that was a game to forget as well. But you know, apart from that, at home we've been we've been on it. So um, I, I just think that, as you say. It's it's a game that if if you are gonna want a reaction, it's it's that's that they're an opposition that gives you that chance. So, yeah, I'm 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 expecting big things on Saturday, Bill. And you know, I think the players will want to put like last Sunday right, and this you know they've got every opportunity to do that. Yeah, I mean it, it is a big chance. We all know it is a
2: big chance. We can't count our chickens as we say. I mean, if we look back to last season, the one thing about Wolves, and I remember when we played them, even at their place at last season, the thing is that they were creating opportunities again we talk about XG they're creating you know decent opportunities but weren't putting the ball into the back of the net and that's part of the reason of their downfall this season they seem to be probably creating I don't know a little bit less but looking at the, uh, at, the at the justice league as they call it like you know what I'm saying you know uh, wolverhampton wanderers are actually 13th in that league which means that they're actually creating sort of half decent opportunities good opportunities up there but again they're underperforming they're not scoring the goals that they they should do so they're their third what second 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 from bottom of the league aren't they they're second from bottom of the league but they're actually 13th you know they're almost just just below halfway in the justice league which means that they are underperforming by quite a major way now if you want to sort of give a, an example of a contra to that crystal palace who are sort of kind of, you know, um, round about was it 15 for such and such in the league, they're actually second to bottom in the Justice League. So they're basically not creating very much, but everything they seem to create seems to go in the back of the net. So that gives an idea. Now, the reason why I'm pointing this out, lady, is that this is a this is a bit of a danger sign to us because we can't go into this match thinking, ah, oh, yeah, Wolverhampton Wanderers is all good. Because they're obviously doing some things uh, which are right, but they're not doing the main thing, which is putting the ball in the back of the net, creating, uh, scoring the goal, scoring chances. So we if we go into this defensive lapse mode start making silly mistakes allowing the midfield to get on top of us we could be in a bit of a pickle again innit
3: yeah yeah I mean they've got all the ingredients to hurt us I mean I spoke on um, one of their podcasts again this week I spoke on the the talking wolves about the threats they have you know Triore and you know he, he, they've got players that will that, that will hurt you. Um, you know we we probably should have done the double over them last year. I mean if you think back to the game they beat us at our place, it was the game with the drone. It was the game where the two the two Brentford players, it Jensen and um, who else, collided together. It was, it was the, the two of our players that went off um, with the concussion injuries, and then um, you know then there was the weird restart where the the referee went off and couldn't get his his tech his earpiece to work and it was just it was just delays and there was a helicopter hovering over the, the ground for the whole of the second half it, it, it was a really strange atmosphere um, so uh, we did okay we, we, I think we went ahead didn't we um, so we, we have we've had We've had our, our form against Wolves. You know, we, we have got the ingredients, we have got the ability and the skill set to, to, to do a job on them. Um, it's just that it's that mentality from the first second. As soon as that whistle goes, we need to set about them. Um, no one's going to be taking it for granted no one's you know Thomas Frank and the, and the, and the analysts and the players they'll they will be very aware of what Wolves have to offer um, so no one's taking it for granted we have to get behind the team we have to make a big atmosphere in there we will do um, it's, but you know as we've just said it's, it's a game that we expect a bounce back and you know I hope the players are in the right mood to do that fingers crossed so listen
2: Laney big game Saturday I'm gonna be coming down from Aylesbury, my Panthers have got a game up in Aylesbury first thing in the morning. So I'll be in Aylesbury nine thirty or nine o'clock in the morning, sharp, and then we'll be heading down to New Griffin Park afterwards to fingers crossed, hopefully see us do a lot better than we did last weekend. I'm gonna ask you, Laney though, you must give us a score prediction,
3: please. I'm gonna be consistent. I'm going two one to the mighty bees. It's, going to,
2: it's got to come in sometime, isn't it, Lainey?
3: <laughs> Yeah. And I'm going to go... Know, going yeah, to I've got every, every faith. Every faith. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you know I'm saying but, And I'm going to try and be consistent as well and go for 2 nil because that's got to come in at some stage as well. So, uh, which is all good. But listen, Laney, it's good to catch up with you. We managed to defeat the tech. We've got some temporary tech which has actually got us doing our stuff now. So hopefully we'll be able to piece this together and get it out as soon as possible because I know that people get very tetchy, uh, techy. <laughs> techy, techy, yeah, yeah. techy.
3: You, you got told off, didn't you, last week?
2: I did get told off by a few people, not only one person, but about three or four people actually on the way to the game and they made the Chelsea game, Go, why don't you do a Chelsea podcast? And the reason why I just said it's very difficult sometimes when they put these, these, they crowbar these games in on a Wednesday, which means that you've got to try and get another, another podcast in before that and then another one after that. So we actually we decided to leave it just for the Villa game. But I, I do realise, and we're not doing it deliberately, and, and I, we'll, we'll try and work out a way how we can do it. I mean, somebody even suggested us just doing a mini-pod and uh, we would have done a mini pod if it's probably someone else. I think Chelsea is actually, ironically, it's a bit more difficult to do a mini pod with Chelsea because, uh, you know, yeah, well, for various reasons, you know, what I'm saying, you know, we, <laughs> our relationships are with, you know, with the, you know, the Wolves of the world and with the Preston's of the world and with the Boroughs of the world and the Liverpool's of the world. So Chelsea, you know, not necessarily as easy to pull out a little mini pod. But let, let us see if we can do this. In the future, but anyway, Saturday, Wolverhampton Wanderers are going to come down. Hopefully, they will not maul us like we got the mauling last weekend. My name is Billy Grant. Very early in the morning here to try and see if you can get the podcast out to you. We got Lainey in the place. Have a good day.
3: Have a good weekend. No.
2: Fingers crossed. Oh, cool. and, a good d- and
3: and and um, we have to say don't don't buy us a beer this week. Um, we might have to up it to buy us a laptop because uh, <laughs> it's. Uh, as you, as you can tell thing tech does go wrong expensive tech and uh yeah we might have to have a whip round a, a bigger whip round than a beer well i'm i'm, I'm... We shall see, because I'll, and
2: people, I'll, I'll keep you updated because I'm actually off to the Apple Store. It opens in two hours, actually, so I'm off to the Apple Store now with my laptop Ooh. in hand and a begging bowl to ask them if they can please, please <laughs> fix this before the end of the weekend, or else I'm going to be in all sorts of trouble next week. But like I said to you, this is the Pride of West London podcast. Don't forget to buy us a laptop at <laughs> <a .com laughs> yeah. <forward slash> beer. <laughs> Right, okay, I'm going to drink gonna my laptop. Uh, also, don't forget to subscribe to us on all good podcast channels and write us a review. Thank you very much. Don't forget to subscribe to uh, Besotted Global, besotted.com global. And uh, like I said to you,
3: fingers crossed we can get a result This walls have been very, very excited. As we say... Come, Come on, you bees. Come on, you bees. Come on, let's put this right. Let's put this right. Reaction. No. not. No, thank you.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything.